0: Welcome to Groundswell Online. My name is Taylor and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Wherever you are tuning in from, we just want to say welcome and we are glad that you are here. I just have a few things that I want to let you know about and keep you in the loop on what's happening here at Groundswell. First one is Alpha. Alpha starts on February 28th. Um, If you've never heard about Alpha, Alpha is a course that we run here at Groundswell regularly and it's a course for anyone who is questioning um, faith that wants to ask questions, who's curious, who wants to know more about faith, God, Christianity. So if that is you, Alpha is for you and Alpha is a great program. I cannot recommend it enough. How it looks is there's a meal there's a video and there's a discussion every night. So it's once a week for nine weeks, and there's a meal, great food by the way, just video and then discussion in a group around the video topic. It's very non-threatening. You can come with any question, you can come as you are, highly recommend Alpha. And if you, maybe Alpha isn't for you, but you know someone in your life who you'd like to invite to Alpha, we just wanna encourage you to do that. Most people who come to Alpha come because they are personally invited and so if someone is in your life that you know could benefit from alpha we want to just encourage you to invite them it just takes a couple seconds of courage it's an easy invite so whether it's for you or for someone you're going to invite alpha starts on february 28th at 6:30. so we'd love to see you there link to more information and registration is below second thing i wanted to let you know about that's coming up is we are doing another worship night here at our Prince Street location in Truro. And these nights are um, just more music worship, more time and space to just come and um, see what God might have to say to you. Um, It's time to come and meet with the presence of God in a special way, with no distractions, um, just us and our worship and the presence of God that we get to focus on and invite Him into our lives. And so, um, these nights are so special. I love them. Um, We're calling this night something that we haven't called it before. We're calling this night, Break the Ground and this is something we're gonna start doing every month, is a worship night we're call, that we're gonna call Break the Ground. And the reason we're calling it Break the Ground is kind of inspiration from a verse in the Bible that says this, break up the unplowed your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. And in the Bible, like ground and the soil of our lives is like used as imagery to kind of describe like our heart posture, whether it's like hardened, Um, to God or if it's soft and like malleable and so that is our desire for us through these worship nights that um, we would break up the ground of our hearts and our lives to be more open to God but we're also praying that for our town and our communities that God by his presence would come and break up the the tough ground so that people would be open to him and so these nights are will be worship and prayer with that focus in mind for ourselves for our community that god would break up the ground so that's why we're calling it break the ground we, i would love to see you there if you've never come to one of these worship nights if you've come before it's for anyone and everyone who wants to come and who's hungry for um, the presence of god in your life so Highly recommend. I love these nights. They're so special to me. That is happening on March 3rd at 7 p.m. So we'd love to see you there. I am just going to pray for us before we go into the rest of this online service. Jeremy is bringing a word on the attribute of Jesus, which is truth. And I know it's going to be great. So let me pray for us. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that we can... um, talk about you openly and um, be together in this way, even if it's online. God, I pray that every person who's watching would sense your presence is with them. We know that your presence knows no bounds. It's not just confined to like a church building. You are a God on the move. And so we know that you are with whoever's watching right now. And I pray that um, they would feel your presence with them. And that we would leave change today from this word um, from just this time where we're focused on you, that you would just clear away all the other distractions, we'd be able to hear from you clearly today. So, have your way in us, God. We love you and we long to know you more and more. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Hey everyone and welcome to Groundswell Online. My name is Jeremy and I'm on the team here and we're gonna dive right in today. We're gonna be reading from the book of John, uh, John's Gospel, one of four Gospels that we find in the second half of the Bible in the New Testament. These Gospels that serve as a biography of sorts, uh, detailing the life and the teaching of Jesus. And we're gonna be starting right in verse one of chapter one where John says this. In the beginning, The Word already existed. And when John says the Word, he's referring to Jesus. He says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about this light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He, Jesus, came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and to all who accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only and where the translation we just read, we were reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation, where it says in John 1.14 that Jesus was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, uh, an even more literal translation like the NIV, the New International Version of the Bible, would read that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Not unfailing love and faithfulness, but grace and And truth. So the word Jesus, so Jesus became human and made his home among us, and he was full of grace and he was full of truth. We've been in a series for a few weeks now, if you've been with us. Uh, If not, you can go back and watch them on our channel, Groundswell Church. Uh, we've been in a series called How to Be Human, and it's been a series where we've been looking at the life of Jesus, at the things that Jesus taught, at the way that Jesus lived, like asking the question, who was this man, and what does it mean for how you and I should live? And in the past weeks, we've talked about the compassion that Jesus had, especially those who were spiritually lost. We've looked at the posture of humility that Jesus had, and we looked at the example of, that Jesus set for how we can forgive even those who hurt us. And well, in the weeks ahead, and today too, there's so much for us to learn from Jesus about how to be human. As I was reading these verses in John, getting ready for this message, I just felt them blowing up in my heart in a new way as I I read and as we read of this collision. (laughs) This collision of humanity and divinity that, that John bears witness to. This collision between the created and the creator. It's a collision that John had seen firsthand. To be clear, this John who's writing isn't John the Baptist, who's mentioned in the middle of this passage in verse 6. It's John, one of Jesus' disciples. It's John who was one of Jesus' three closest friends, and now who has set out on trying to put pen to paper and explain to people for the rest of history who this man named Jesus was. And while there are events that John is gonna recount, there are teaching that he's teachings he's going to share. I love that John doesn't let a sentence pass in his gospel before he says, all right, before we go anywhere, we just need to make clear that this isn't going to be your typical biography because in the beginning, he already existed. In the beginning, he was with God and he was God. Everything was created through him and nothing was created except through him. This man named Jesus that I'm about to tell you about, he gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everybody. John goes on, (laughs) he talks about John the Baptist who prepared the way For Jesus, he talks about Jesus being rejected by many, even his own people that he had created while there were others who accepted him and became children of God. And then in verse 14, having gone back and forth, having hopped back and forth across this line between divinity and humanity, John pulls the two together and he writes, then the word who in the beginning was with God and is God, then the word became human. He made his home among us, and he, Jesus, the human, was full of grace and truth. I thought that today's message was going to be about truth. That was our focus for today, what Jesus has showed us about truth. And while it still is, for Jesus, truth was inseparable from grace, It's similar to the way in which Jesus is Humanity can't be fully separated from his divinity. Like Jesus is fully God and he is fully man. And while our hope in this series has been to zero in on the humanity of Jesus to see what we can learn about how he actually lived his life as one of us, I hope that along the way it doesn't get lost on us, that we don't miss this collision of human and divine because it's in our understanding of this collision that's occurred that we're awakened to the wonder of Jesus inviting us to become like him. Here in John 1 John refers to Jesus as the word to help clarify to his readers why Jesus can be relied on as our source of truth. Later Jesus would say I am the way I am the truth I'm the life no one's getting to the father except through me and to that statement you might ask the question why is it that we can rely on Jesus as our source of truth. And that's a good question, and again, it's why John refers to Jesus as the Word. The original word John used, the original Greek word here for the Word is logos, and it's a word that those John was originally writing to would have been familiar with as it was commonly used in both Greek philosophy and Jewish thought. In the Old Testament, which the Jewish people would have been familiar with, The word of God, Logos, was often connected with God's revelation, God's revealing of himself to people. While to the Greeks, the Logos was almost thought of as a bridge between the spiritual and the material, as a bridge between God and physical creation. So John refers to Jesus as the Logos, and he draws upon these familiar concepts, but then he takes it a step further and says, hey, Jesus isn't just here to reiterate the words of Scripture and, again, tell you what God has already said. No, Jesus is not just God's truth now embodied. He actually is God. In the beginning, Jesus was with God. There is nothing that was created except through him, and so that's why he's our source of truth. That's why you can look to Jesus and rely on him as the truest, Way to be human because only He has the ability as God to reveal to us the truest way to be human and the authority to say that this is the only way. But Jesus not only was and is truth, but He was full of truth. Truth. And while that might seem like semantics, I think there's an important distinction to be made here because while you and I will never be truth, As Jesus was and he is, we can strive towards being full of truth. We can strive towards our minds being more highly saturated with truth by looking to the ways that God has revealed himself throughout history, especially in the Bible. But for Jesus, truth was inseparable from grace. He was full of both. And we see Jesus put that on display later in John, in John where it says this it says Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives but early the next morning he was back again at the temple a crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them as he was speaking the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery they put her in front of the crowd and teacher they said to Jesus this woman was caught in the act of adultery the law of Moses says to stone her what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. They stooped down again, wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. I love this picture. (laughs) I love this story. I found myself getting ready for this message, trying to put in the words, the, the beauty of now grace and truth coming together here (laughs) but I couldn't explain in a way better than Jesus already showed us this this woman had been caught in the act of adultery this woman had been caught doing wrong and the religious teachers and the pharisees were right like by the letter of the law she deserved to face the consequences of what she'd done Jesus is just in the middle of a morning teaching at the temple where a crowd's gathered around when the Pharisees interrupt by dragging this woman in front of the crowd and they're trying to trap Jesus by putting him in the most clever, no-win situation that they can possibly think of. Jesus, she was caught in the act of adultery, they said. The law of Moses says to stone her. They're trying to make Jesus choose between Executing justice <laughs> and extending grace. trying to make him choose between whether or not he, they should extend grace or adhere to truth, you could say. And they try and they're trying to put Jesus in a place where either he's not just, because he's saying, "break the law, let her go. Or where the message that he's been preaching that people can come to him and be forgiven of their sins that then that, then that, that he's put in a place where that message is to the wind because if jesus says yeah you're right go ahead and stone her the pharisees think they've got him but in his absolute brilliance for one <laughs> jesus stooped down begins to write in the dust with his finger i don't know We don't know what he wrote or if he was writing anything. I don't think it's the craziest idea to even suggest that Jesus is straight up just like buying some time here because they have backed him into a corner. But then they demand an answer. Like, can you feel the tension building here? This woman was caught in the act of adultery, Jesus. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say we should do? And Jesus takes a minute. He's casually drawing in the dirt. But now the Pharisees are demanding an answer with this crowd gathered around. They're like, what do you say, Jesus? Hey, son of God, what do you say? And Jesus stands up again. What do I say? All right. You have a point. But let's let the person here who is without sin throw the first stone. They look around at each other <laughs> and start slipping away. It says they be they began to start slipping away with the oldest. I don't know if this is because the oldest there had more wisdom, had more awareness of their own brokenness. But the crowd begins to thin until it says it's just Jesus and the woman. And I read this. I read this next part as Jesus kind of breaking the tension of. The moment like this woman thought there was a very real possibility she's about to be stoned to death in front of a crowd before Jesus put the people all in their place and now Jesus is left with himself and the woman and he looks at her and looks around and says where are all your accusers didn't even one of them condemn you I can't imagine she's not fighting back tears just astonished as she says no lord Jesus looks at her. I bet he looked her straight in the eyes and said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Neither do I. Grace. Go and sin no more. Truth. If Jesus has shown us the way to be human, and he has, then we too need to be people that are full of grace and full of truth. This is complicated by the fact that we're living in a world where truth is becoming increasingly relative. We're living in a world where you can have your truth and I can have my truth and so yeah, no problem. We're all full of truth. But the problem is that no matter how badly we would like for that to be true, none of us actually have the authority or the ability to to say that. Like Truth doesn't bend to our beckoning. Pastor and author John Mark Comer writes this. He writes, he defines truth as that which corresponds to reality and reality as that which we run into when we're wrong. And so who has the ability to define truth, to define that which corresponds to reality itself other than someone who exists outside of time and space, other than someone who created everything that exists? Nobody other than God. And thankfully, God chose to reveal truth to us through the Bible, in the person of Jesus, in his kindness, God has helped give us a framework for reality. He's helped give us a way to see the world as it truly is so that we might live in our, wa- our lives in a way that leads to flourishing. Henry Cloud, a psychologist and Christian author, says that truth which comes from God is like the skeleton that life hangs upon. It adds shape to everything in the universe. It leads us to live by that which is real and accurate. Just as our DNA contains the form that our physical life will take, truth contains the form that our soul and spirit should take. But being full of both truth and grace, God revealing himself through Jesus has enabled us not only to think rightly, but how to live in relationship. Because all of this doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? Like we're not isolated individuals, each on our own pursuit of happiness and meaning. You and I were created to live in community and in relationship with others. And I think that's it's here where the first translation we read of John 1.14 is helpful, where it translates the word grace as unfailing love. Because isn't that what grace looks like in the context in the context of relationship, unfailing love, and unconditional commitment and care to someone? But being full of both grace and truth, Jesus showed us that we can't have one without the other. Truth without grace is the Pharisees. Truth without grace is cold. It leaves people ashamed and anxious and angry when there's not relationship there. And I think that we can be at risk of, as followers of Jesus, being people who are full of truth but not of grace. And I think we're at risk of this especially when we forget how much grace has been extended to us. And the desire that we have here might be noble. You want to point people towards truth. But without grace, it's a hammer over the head. On the other hand, grace without truth is no better. And honestly, I think there's a lot of people who have been on the receiving end of truth without grace in the church who have witnessed truth without grace in people around them and who have said, I don't want anything to do with that because that does not look like what I see of Jesus. And they're right. But then it swings too far in the other direction, grace without truth, because if nothing else, we want to be known for our acceptance and our forgiveness. And while the motivation here seems right too, grace without truth is aimless. It's chaotic. It doesn't lead to our flourishing as people. Grace with truth together says, I love you where you're at. And no matter what you've done, I'm with you and for you. But because I love you, I want what's best for you. The picture of Jesus and the woman in John 8 is powerful because it's not only an instructive moment where Jesus is showing us what it looks like to be full of grace and full of truth, but it's also a reminder of the moment that every follower of Jesus at one point has had or it's the promise of a moment that every person on the planet is invited to, to be met by the truth and the grace of this man named Jesus who as God came to bear witness to the truth that there's a better way to be human and that that way's name is Jesus who will meet you with grace and who will call you to more. And even over the picture in John 8, there's a picture of grace and truth that stands over all. And it's the picture of Jesus on the cross. Truth, the Son of God, creator of all, nailed to a cross and left there to die. Why? Because there was a debt needing paid that only he could cover. There was a relationship severed between God and humanity that only he could reconcile. And while while we had no case to be made... We had no hope of restoring what had been lost. God, in his grace, with full awareness of the truth, said, I'll give that which is not deserved. It's a picture of how God relates to us. It's a picture of how God's inviting us to live our lives and to engage with the world around us, full of grace and full of truth, and how we get there isn't complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. We become more full of truth by studying truth, by spending time in God's word, by looking to Jesus. And we become more full of grace by constantly holding at the forefront of our minds the truth that you and I needed grace. And you and I have received grace. And as recipients of grace, we extend grace. We strive to live more full of truth and full of grace, to be more of a reflection of Jesus to the world around us. Let's pray. God, thank you for extending grace to us. For paying the price for us. We didn't deserve it. There's nothing we could have done to earn it. But you still went there paid the price. So we thank you for your grace. We also thank you for revealing to us truth. Because quite frankly, without it, we would be lost. We need your direction. We need your guidance. We need you to help us understand who we are and what in the world is going on like why are we here? What's the purpose of our lives, God? We need you to help us to answer these questions, to answer the question, how to be human. And so we thank you that you have revealed to us through your word and sending Jesus, that you've revealed to us the way to this, the way, the truth, and the life, God, we thank you. And God, today I ask for each of us that you would help us to grow more um, in truth and in grace. Would you help us to be more full of truth and more full of grace. So that we might become the people you've created us to be. That we might live the life you created us to live. And so that we might extend Christ to those around us. That the people around us, that we'd be a reflection of you to them and that others would come to know you too. And come to know truth and come to know grace in you, Jesus. We love you. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. so much for being with us today. Thanks for joining us for Groundswell Online. Uh, Always such an honor to have you take the time to come be here with us in this way. Hey, uh, hope you have a great week ahead. Uh, If our team can be praying for you at any time, uh, no matter where you're tuning in from, you might be down the street or across the country, um, our team would be honored to be able to come alongside of you and be praying with you and for you. And so you can get in touch with our team at prayer at groundswellchurch.ca. Again, there's some great people on our team who would really be honored to get to be praying with and for you. So thanks again for being with us today, everybody. We'll hope to connect with you soon. Uh, Yeah, have a great week.